I was gone until uh, until John came back and got me and showed me that no one could hear me. I started to say to you earlier that we are living at a time when next year, 2009, is a bit unpredictable. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of anxiety. The economy is challenging, to say the least. In my life, I've never seen uh, an environment like the one we're in. And in a time like this, most companies play it safe and they stick to proven practices in an economic downturn. Uh, and that's typically sensible. They have to be careful. They have to watch budgets. In fact, you may find your budget cut. Many of you already have. And uh, in that kind of environment, it's safer to follow the rules and, and the best practices. But if ever there was a time to break the rules, it's in an economy like the one we're in right now. And frankly, while most people are focused on covering certain essential best practices, I want to challenge you today, based on our research for the past 12 months, reviewing a series of case studies, to think about your marketing efforts in a different way. And in this new way, you may find uh, that your blueprint for the following year changes. And that is what's at the heart of this situation that we're in and at the heart of the uh, lecture that I'd like to go through with you in the time that we have together. So let's get right into a case study. This is a company offering web hosting and related services. Their goal was to increase service signups. We are drawing in this case study and in the others that come from the last 12 months worth of research as we move towards a blueprint to help you think about your marketing efforts, what you should do step by step, and how you should challenge perhaps the status quo. In this particular case, we had a classic question, which landing page produced the highest conversion rate? And uh, we thought about it using the conversion sequence, analyzed the possibilities, and decided we needed to support the value proposition, prioritize information, and emphasize credibility. We performed a single factorial test in an ABC split test design. And um, let's get into it quickly. Treatment one is the uh, different, treatment two, and then we have a control page. So we have a 34, 33, and 33% split. Uh, and you can see the three pages. And uh, one on the left is your control, and then you've got treatment one, and you've got uh, treatment two. And I think some of you may have seen this before because we're, we are reviewing some of the case studies from the year, but this is a completely different session, and we're going to take it in a different direction. In fact, I don't know if you've seen the one we're going to show you at all next. Uh, after this case study, I want to show you one that went completely contrary to everything we would expect. But before I do that, I want you to look at this and tell me for just a moment, side by side, here they are, which one of these will produce the highest yield? So use your Q&A feature, and it's good to see Andrew back. And he says number two, and Lisa says three. And Brian says two. I'm seeing lots of answers coming in. Three, 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 one, two, 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 three, one, two, one, two, three, two, two, three, two, one, three. All right, so that's coming in. Keep voting. Many of you are logging. Uh, as you're logging in, I'm watching your answers coming in across here. Very good. All right, now, let's look at these one more time in just a little bit more depth. So here is a close-up of treatment one. Now, the control and both treatments assisted the customer in the decision-making, trying to reduce what I would say is uh, <laughs> unsupervised thinking. And you can see in this the treatment one change. It says home and business and tries to communicate with clarity. Then I want you to see the next piece. This is a close-up of the top of that chart. You can see control, treatment one, and treatment two. And before, before I give you answers, I just want to, again, I'm getting a larger sampling size coming in. And I would say, uh, in, a, in a rough guess, that at least on the screen in front of you right now, about 70% of my audience is for treatment two. Um, and uh, with a large balance for treatment one and a few for treatment three. Let's keep watching. Control, treatment one, treatment two, and, uh, and let's look at one more piece of information. Let's look at the difference in the tops of the pages. So here is the details from treatment one's change. 
And you'll notice that there's uh, an area grayed out. That's because we're, we've been asked to do that by the partner. And, uh, and you'll see the difference as you look at them all side by side. Look at the three differences in terms of headlines. The top is treatment one. The middle one is treatment two. And the last one, of course, is treatment three, and you can see the difference. All right. Now I have another question for you. Look at these three. Forget the pages. I want you to vote, and, and so that we don't get confused with your earlier votes, uh, I want you to use ABC. A is the top, B is the middle, C is the bottom. Tell me which headline is the best. I'm just asking you to vote on the headline. A, B, or C. All right, I'm watching them come in, and I'll tell you what I'm hearing. Uh, just to give you a sense, when I read off the hundreds that come in, I try to do it in such a way as to kind of give you a good representation of the overall vote of the audience. It's B, C, B, C, 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 B, C, 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 A, C, C, A, C, C, B, C, A, C, B, C, 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 A. All right, that's a sense of what's coming in as they're coming in. And I want to now take you to all three pages, side by side, one more time, and let's look at them, because there's something very important we can learn in, in studying the results of this particular case study. All right, so now you have control, treatment one, and treatment two. Depending on how far away you are around the country, it might take you a little longer at times to see, but you should be able to see them all now. Which landing page, best conversion rate? We've asked that. You've seen it. I'm going to show you the answer now. Control had a 1.31% increase, or I'm sorry, uh, conversion rate. That was its, uh, that was its uh, steady rate. Treatment one was 3.44%, treatment two, 2.05%, relative difference of 162%. Now, treatment one yielded a 162% higher conversion rate. Most importantly, it yielded a 128% increase in revenue per visit. Now, again, this is a tough economy. And many of you uh, have your own product uh, paths that you're trying to manage and maximize. What would it be for you to see or to experience a 128% increase in revenue per visit, much less a 162% conversion rate? Uh, that's pretty dramatic in terms of uh, the difference. And so it raises for me a very critical question, and that is, wait a second. Why did treatment one win? I'm sorry. Yeah, why did treatment one win? Let's look at the treatments again. Treatment one is an incremental improvement over treatment one, and treatment two is a radical redesign. Uh, and, and it could get way more radical, but still, it is a radical redesign. So the question must be asked, what was it about treatment one that was superior? Because look at treatment look at treatment two and you can see this is the far right. You can see all of the credibility indicators at the bottom, testimonials, clarity, simplicity, an emphasis on the guarantee, a headline. If you voted for treatment Two's headline as a better headline, you're almost right. But you have to remember that they came to this page from somewhere else with an expectation. And I want to just show you a nuance between the top headline there, and which is treatment one, and the headline of treatment two. And listen carefully to this, because you, uh, this is not something that... Uh, you're going to find in copywriting books. You hear us say to you frequently that you need to be specific, quantifiable, that your language needs to be transparent, that you shouldn't use vague, qualitative, braggadocious statements. A good marketing experiment student could and would write a headline like the, what we see at the top of the third page. It is much better, as we saw in the results, much better than the controls headline, which doesn't achieve anything. However, 
However, the headline on the left-hand side does more than provide you information, but it takes the information, adds it up to a conclusion, and helps do the thinking for you. Now, that won't work unless it's substantiated by the tables below and the paragraphs of text. That won't work if you have no credibility. If you said to me, and this is very subtle, but this is why optimization occurs in the mind, not on the web page. If you said to me, look at the headline in the middle, our best ever hosting package. If you said to me, this is the best, it, it, let's change the headline, the best hosting package on the web. If you told me it was the best hosting package on the web, my immediate reaction as a visitor to your site is to throw up my defensive guard and think to myself, yeah, prove it. And, uh, and the reality is, in most cases, that statement is uh, one that I wouldn't, I just wouldn't trust, because you're comparing yourself to other people and telling me you're better, and now my guard is up, and just like I would be if I met a real person at a party and they told me the same thing. Or I walked into a store and a car salesman told me, this is the best deal in New York. I'd have a hard time trusting him. I'd have a hard time trusting him. So why does the middle headline work at all? And I'm not saying it's necessarily better. Isolation, other tests could, could tell us more. But why, why could that headline work better than the one on the right? Because... In a way, it violates what appears to be best practice. I'll tell you why. Because if you tell me you're the best in the city, or this is the best offer in the city, I'll have a hard time trusting you. But if you tell me it's your best offer, I've got no reason not to trust that. Why would you lie about it not being your best offer? All you're doing is helping me understand that this is the best offer you've ever given me, which is only serving to do one thing, one only, it doesn't sell me. Headlines aren't supposed to sell you. You know, they're not supposed to be clever. They're not supposed to be tricky. They're not supposed to make you think, and they're sure not supposed to sell you. This headline gets me to read the next line, the next sentence. What is the first thing that comes to my mind when I see our best ever hosting package? And before I get there, you, I don't, if you're a B2C, B2B, subscription site, e-commerce site, or whatever your particular business is, please do not miss this principle because we're looking at a uh, B2B hosting package. Forget the category of the business and understand the nuance of the cognitive psychology. When you tell me our best ever hosting package, the question that comes into my mind is, well, what is it then, or how is it better than what you've had before? It's a natural question, and it comes to me not with the same defensive psychological mood that the earlier question would be, or the earlier statement that this is the best hosting package on the web. That statement provokes a completely different kind of response. And so the value of the middle headline is that it gets me to engage with the text below, and it's being supported immediately with two critical features that concern me when I'm shopping for a hosting package. A 24-hour, 24-7 support, and 100% in uptime. And that's supported, again, by why, should, uh, why you should choose. And I don't need those things on the right-hand side, and I don't like white on black text, and I wouldn't recommend it for you. And I'd love to optimize this middle page because I think we can double its results in yet another test. But forgetting all of that, it's way better than the control. And oddly enough, it's performing better than the much more attractive, much more optimized-looking, best-practice-oriented page on the right treatment, too. Does that, I, I'm hoping that makes sense to you as an audience, and I'm hoping that you're getting a sense of how to think different about your headlines, and I hope you're thinking about that especially as you go in the next year. I'm not done, and I'm building towards a kind of case here, but I'd like you to think more deeply about the headline, and I'd like you to think more deeply about best practices in, 
in the end, that's where this whole program is going. Because when we offer to help you think about your blueprint for next year, I think first we want to offer you a way to rethink. Rethink some of the foundational principles that you may be drawing even from my own teaching and our own research work. And I'll explain this as we proceed. So, there's a lot of things we could talk about. This next slide shows you things that our sciences group have described, reduced friction. You're seeing now a classic analysis of why treatment one was good. Clean copy, prioritized information, clear IPAP, service quality seals. Those seals are very powerful. Money back guarantee, testimonials, et cetera, et cetera. This is not a bad page. And, um, and uh, it's congruent. And anybody who's been certified by us or worked through many of these sessions will know how important congruence is. Every single element on your page needs to support the value proposition. Every single element. Every element on a web page either states the value proposition or supports it. If it doesn't, get rid of it. It's waste. But there is a danger. Please pay attention, if you could, especially to this slide more than any of the slides I have left to say, because this slide is pointing to a problem that I'm trying to protect you against going into this challenging year. And uh, case studies like these imply that you can jot down a list of best practices and guarantee a page of success. But the problem with that is that many of us who have become more interested in optimization and who have taken web clinics, read some books, maybe the landing page handbook at Marketing Sherpa, or who's been on our site at Marketing Experiments, and went through all of that millions of dollars worth of research, if you're not careful, you're going to come away with a list in your mind of rules. These rules become your de facto best practices. And I'll give you a sample. I see it wherever I go. Uh, you know, uh, here's a rule. Keep it above the fold. Now, I don't, even, I don't even buy that, by the way, but that's an old rule brought from direct mail to the Internet Sounds persuasive. People say it all the time, and it's not always true, and it can get you in trouble. Let's get more sophisticated. Let's make an accurate statement that is a general truth uh, about marketing uh, on the web and optimization. Let's say that uh, a classic thing we tell you uh, is um, use, a, use a header and a subheader. Use a headline and a subheadline. Or let's take another one. Don't use a three-column design. Uh, get your primary content in the center. That's true. Or another one. Imply a value proposition with your button. Tell them what they're going to get for clicking. Don't just tell them to submit or any other kind of forcible action. What you've done is you've taken some best practices. You've turned them into or interpolated uh, common practices and then you go and look at a web page and make a list of things that ought to be changed, and you never, you never grasp the meta theory underneath those rules, the principles behind those rules. And so when you go back to work on your web pages, you can get some results, but you can't have the big breakthrough. And we've got to know the difference, and we've got to know uh, how to think about the page holistically. So keep that in mind. Let me show you something we just learned from uh, our our. our sister research company, Marketing Sherpa. Look at the column. This is a survey that was done and uh, from charts and statistics. 80% of large B2B sites use this layout for their home page. 53% of smaller organizations do as well. B2C and e-commerce all use variations on this theme. But it's a terrible layout. It's it's not a best practice. It's a common practice. And I want to give you two kinds of threats to be afraid of. The first is thinking that a common practice is a best practice. And the second is thinking that a best practice by itself is enough without understanding the, 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 the meta theory or the psychology going on underneath. All right, so look at that. I'm going to take you to another case study in just a moment. But instead of falling into the kind of, if Amazon does it, then it must work, so should I, trap. Bear in mind that a best practice for one situation may not be a best practice for another category, the kind of situation you're in. So let's look at another case study. 
This one is really intriguing. This one actually stumped my own scientist and analyst. Uh, so let's look at it and see if we can learn something that will help us as we plan 2009. Now, if you are on this call, I want you to know where all this is going. Uh, we're going to try to kind of tilt your thinking, and then we're going to lay out for you a kind of uh, a step-by-step as to how to think about next year and try to get some things into your hands you can use that will help you. I did something radical yesterday. I went upstairs to my into my publishing uh, group that were preparing this and said, look, I want to do something that you're not prepared for. Can you work around the clock and get this ready? Because I think we should make it easy for um, marketing experiment subscribers. And I'll show you in just a second, but let's keep going. So here's the case study. Another background. The company is a publisher of electronic marketing information. They wanted to increase registrations for a free email newsletter. One word about these, this email newsletter. Do you know that it was about the 11th free version before they put any offer in front of you that involved uh, you paying the money, but that it was way deep into the relationship at this 11th step that they found they were getting the highest yield. If you were to send out, at least if they were to send out that paid offer in the second or third or fourth or fifth, they would likely not begin to get the kind of conversion and net yield they got by sending a series of emails and waiting until way late into the relationship before they produced an offer. So let's look again. A, B, split. It's a single factorial, three pages and a split test, and, uh, and uh, with variable cluster testing. This is background. Here it is. There's the traffic split, 34, 33, 33. Control, optimize one, or optimize two, and it's ID two and ID three. Control and treatment one, treatment two. Uh, we're covering up things about the company right now. Don't worry about it. And please, the company, uh, I'm just trying to be respectful and uh, just look at the, look at the uh, page. Uh, would you agree with me? I, wanna, I want you to rank this page on the left. And there's, this isn't a trick. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, the quality of this web page as a you know, conversion instrument, 1 to 10. All right, I got a negative 5 from Ryan, a 1 from Megan, a 2, a 1, a 4, uh, a this sucks minus 2 from, uh, uh, from Phil. 2, 3, 1, 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 2, all right. And, you know, I don't want to bore you reading these numbers. I'm just trying to get a sense myself. One person put 11. I'm not sure what you were thinking, Hal. But I'll, I'll assume that you're, uh, you have a brilliant reason for that. Uh, for the most part, I'm looking at um, ones and twos, some zeros, some negatives. What's wrong with it now? Tell me what's wrong with it. Worst lead capture ever, says Zachary. Good. Not very pretty. That's true. It's boring. Very true. Uh, one is worse. Ten is best. That's right. Uh, there's a lot of – one of the more scientific terms being used a lot on this particular – analysis of the page by my esteemed group of marketing experts is uh, it sucks. And I'm not sure if what that is in the Latin, but uh, it's, it's an important way to express your opinion of the page. Now, you're saying too much info, no pockets of interest, text is heavy, no graphics, no pops, sentences too long, credibility indicators missing. I'm reading your, I'm reading your, your critique. Too much copy, too many words. Too plain Jane, no value prop, too much copy, too much reading, dull, plain, just looks bland, form below the fold, banal, lack of credibility, too much text, way too much text, looks like a scrolling spam page, no value proposition. Uh, all right, so list is too long, not on that goes. All right, now you've seen that page, and I want to show you a, a marketing experiments design page. So here, here it is. Here's a new version of that. We've marked through things that we didn't think we should show you, but those are all things that should be driving up the value. Uh, what is this page doing? Tell me quickly, what is this page doing that's better? Much better. Features clients, add credibility. That's right, Carlin. Uh, trust building, testimonials, credibility, credibility, feature clients, testimonials. Uh, everything, someone says, trust, better visual, third-party endorsements, more graphics, establishing credibility. There's a lot of talk about credibility, which is important. Featured clients, increasing credibility, 
qualifying, more credit, headline, less copy. This is good, all right? You are, you're right. You're right about these improvements, and, we'll, and we're going to talk about it in just a moment. Here's another version of the page, treatment two, shorter, more powerful, more testimonials, big brands used. This is a, a strong headline. One, two, three. All right, so we've got three versions, the control and two treatments. All right, so look at them all three side by side. Esteemed audience of brilliant marketers. Which one's the winner? Two, someone says. Tell me the one. Two, two. Now, when you say two, okay, it's marked. Control or two. Everyone's treatment one, treatment two. All right. Two, 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 three, two, one, two. One, one, two, three, one, two, 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 two. Treatment one, treatment two, two, one. And the list is going on and on. Keep voting because I tally these afterwards. Even when you're, you know, we look at every comment after a, 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 a clinic. And even if I don't say them all, it's helping us see what, you know, how our audience is thinking. And I, I, I want to say this, too. I do understand that you can make an educated guess. That's why we test. And so, you know, if you don't get an answer right, it's not necessarily because you're a terrible marketer. All of us get the answer wrong sometimes. All right. So one, two, three, and I've got all your votes. It's, uh, it's about even between treatment one and treatment two. All right. Now, looking at that, um, it would be good for us to see, you know, how the actual page performed. And so I'm going to show you the results. Control, 14.11%. Now, listen to me. Double blind, this is a real study. We oversaw this test, managed it by a team of experts. The control, that's <laughs> 14%. The conversion rate was 14%. And the geniuses here at Marketing Experiments were able, through a lot of serious optimization efforts, to uh, to cut conversion by 50%. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to give Jimmy Ellis particular credit for that. And uh, uh, But if you look, I, I don't really know who, who wrote it, and I'm teasing my guys, but our... I see a lot of uh, profanity and someone drawing a great conclusion, ugly cells, and a whole lot of wows, and uh, like, and, and, and on and on. And they're making fun of you, Jimmy, even though I don't think you designed it, but they're making fun of you, Jimmy. Um, so here it is, and you've got to be asking the question that everybody else asks, and that is, why did the conversion rate go down with a better page. Now, at the last bit, we, we looked at the difference in the headlines, and we discovered that there was uh, some psychology that made a, essentially a weaker headline outperform what would visually look like a stronger headline. What I want to show you now is something that you aren't, you aren't going to find in an optimization book uh, such as they are, uh, and, and it would be helpful for you to get it. Before I show it to you, I want to make a point. If you give me or any one of the optimization experts on this call a web page and ask us to improve its performance, there's only three things we can do. You might want to write this down for your own work because we don't think about all three. We only think of really one or two of these three points. We can improve it. Let's just say it like this in, in very scientific terms. Improve some stuff, one. Two, add some stuff, or three, take some stuff away. That's, again, uh, uh, the word stuff there, I mean it in its original Latin sense, uh, which, you know, could be translated as things. Uh, it's just you can improve some stuff, add some stuff, or remove some stuff. Now, think about that for just a moment and understand that our own analysts came back and said, we don't, we don't know. We, we, we built better pages, and they didn't just fail to get a gain. They, they, they failed spe 
spectacularly. Now, before I, before I, you know, I'm teasing my team, do you understand the goal of a test is to earn, a good test discovers something. It doesn't necessarily improve a conversion rate. And I know you're a marketer, and I know management wants you to get a higher uh, set of results. But if all you ever do is aim for results and you don't learn anything and discover along the way, you're never going to grasp the meta-series underneath marketing that will turn you into the truly capable leader you can be in this. And I would tell you right now that if every test my team conducts gets a gain, we are absolutely testing wrong because that means we're not taking the kinds of risks that we should in order to push the envelope well out beyond the current category of expectations. You must. You must think differently, and you must get underneath this and ask why, and that does not happen if you don't design tests that are, that are trying to help you learn something as opposed to design tests that are simply trying to help you move the needle. And you can say back to me very legitimately, but I'm under so much pressure to get a result immediately. Yes, but you won't get results if you don't discover. You've got to discover. Marketing experiments, the whole, uh, our whole slogan is discover what works. So we looked at this, and, uh, and there's a lot we can say, but I'm going to help you see it as we, as, we, as we just progress through the pages, and I'm going to show you what really went on. So I can critique the control, and you'll see here a critique that was given by our, uh, our own team. But notice the third bullet point under two. Notice, first of all, the testimonials, third-party logos, reduce conversion. That's at the top. And then notice number three in the bullet points, the third bullet point under the number two of the bullet points. The copy call to action and design changes of the treatments designed to eliminate anxiety. Instead, they altered the way many prospects perceived the offer. So, when we all sat down and looked at this, this is the conclusion we came to. We tried to improve conversion to this page by adding stuff. We tried to make it more compelling. But maybe the thought on the mind of the person coming to this page is completely different. Maybe the nature of this free offer to get immediate access is such that they don't want to be bothered with any type of information cluster they must absorb. After all, they came from an ad to this page on the way to a website. This is more like an obstacle than an offer page. And when you present to them a lot of information, then they have to absorb it. And many don't have time to absorb a lot of information. And the more information you put on the page, the more it looks like there's going to be some kind of sell involved. And instead, they bounce off the page and move on to another option to glean the information they need to know. Instead, instead of that, I said, we said as a team, let's start taking stuff away. It's like being on a boat and throwing things overboard. Sometimes that's the only way you can do it. And I'm going to talk to you about this in a second, but I'm going to tell you a personal story that might, uh, uh, that's not in our notes, and yet it, it illustrates the point. Uh, I was raised, uh, my family was raised, we were in the Yukon Territory in northern British Columbia. And it was very, very cold, 60, de 60 below zero. And we lived in a log cabin with no electricity or running water. And if you're a marketer, you're saying, what does this have to do with the point you want to make? It does. Just bear with me for a second. The winters were so cold, it took 24 cords of wood a winter. And we, I mean, you know, we had to heat and do everything with a stove. My mom baked bread on a wood-burning stove, and it, it, was, it was really quite primitive. And to survive, our family had to eat, you know. We, you had a very short growing season up there, so we could grow a few things, and then we had to can salmon, and we ate two moose and a bear each year. And it was just it was how we survived. And to get to our cabin, you had to cross this glacier lake that was 120 miles long, and then you had to run six and a half miles of rapids, and, uh, you know, while I was at boy, there six different people died trying to run that river, 
And now that I've grown up and left, about all of the friends from my childhood, uh, and a lot of people, most of them are, most of the people I knew from that area are dead. Because it, the lifestyle was so incredible, you know, a, a lot of beaver crashes in the small plains and boats, and my neighbor went through the ice with his dog teams, and we lost him. And So I, I just want to point out, it was very harrowing, uh, a lot like our marketing conditions today. And I remember we had to run this rapid, this river. It was so dangerous, and it, the rapids were so big, you didn't run it in a canoe. You ran it in a well boat with a 75-horse motor on the back, and we had just finished getting our family's meat for the winter. We had on moose, which was precious. It's hard to get a moose, and we had him in the boat, and we were shooting the rapids coming up the river, and uh, there was a lot of weight in the boat, and we were fighting, and right behind us was this drop in the water and this pool and this incredibly dangerous place, and as we got right around the bend to that spot, the weight in the boat was so much that we could not get up against the current. And my father ran, you know, he's trying to get the motor to go faster. And he did everything he could to get more speed out of the motor. But we couldn't get the speed, and we were literally standing still in the current. And, uh, you know, the motor doing all it could to try to get us forward. It was a big motor for a, for a river, but he just couldn't put it. We just couldn't push. And we... We're stuck because we began to slide backwards, and if you go backwards in the water, you're you're finished. You're it's very dangerous. You'll you'll go backwards in the rapids and hit the pools and waterfall and so on. So uh, we started hacking meat off that moose and throwing it overboard. And uh, the more we hacked, the more speed we picked up, and barely, but barely, we made it before we got into you know permanent trouble. Now, I've never told a story like that on any one of these calls, and I may have just uh, made a bunch of marketers mad at me, but I, I fear that in most cases we're too busy in this river trying to swim upstream, and we're adding, 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 trying to somehow get more power and more speed in our website when we could actually go going faster if we took away, took away, took away. We need to start hacking off things. That was our idea here. We cut it down multiple times. So now look at the control. And then look at the treatment that we made. The treatment has even less than the control. And look at the results. A 65% increase. We got conversion up to 32%. 32.93% by removing. Do you see how simple that page was? We even had a simpler version than this. In fact, the simpler we got it, because they're showing you, I think there was one, if I recall right, one iteration between this, we took off left, and then we took off left. The more we took off the page, the greater the conversion rate came. Now, that is counterintuitive, and most of us would miss it. And most of the time, this would be wrong. But it wasn't wrong for this situation. Because optimization is not about what happens on the page. It's about what happens in the mind of the people that you're communicating to. And in this case, remember this. This page is not a destination. They're on the way. We call it a landing page and miss the point. It's not really a landing page. The word landing page can almost confuse you when you're trying to think about optimization. And, uh, and there are other reasons. There's consistency and key points that make this valuable. Hmm. Uh, so look at this for just a moment and... And think about your own site. Maybe maybe you've attended lots of our clinics and you've got your blueprint in mind and you're thinking about all the changes you need to make on your page. Maybe in one of your radical redesigns you don't change anything. You just start hacking pieces off and throw them overboard. So let's, let's move on. All right. Now, in the final iteration, we tested the minimalist treatment the one that was working really good uh, with anxiety-reducing copy against the original control that outperformed our previous best practice treatments. So here you see the original one. Now, I want you to go back. I'm not sure if you're clear. This, this control did really well. Remember, this was the one producing at 15%, the one you see on the left. Then we made it simpler. Do you see this version? This jumped to a 19%, I think. And then we made this version. We dropped the privacy statement. 
and it went to 32%. So let's look. So just to be clear, these pages, control and treatment, are our redesigns of the original, and the control went up to 19.87%, and the treatment to 32.93%. Both of them were better than this page on your left. So we tried one more thing, because we're trying to discover, not just get a result. Guess what? By, by testing this iteration, the treatment outperformed the new control by 35.77%. So you can learn from both positive and negative results. So what's the transferable principle here? What should you be thinking about right now at 45 minutes into a call where I'm trying so hard to, to help you? You know, today you can learn specifics, like you may go back and remember, I can improve, I can add, or I can take away. You may go back and realize, oh, wait a second, there's more to the nuance of the headline than I was thinking. But if that's all you get out of today's piece, you're missing something I'm trying to set up that will help you throughout the year. First of all, on this page it says, it's not enough to grasp a handful of rules and then fling them at a page. You've got to know the what. But more importantly, you need to understand the why. This, uh, this quote was lifted from my blog uh, in an earlier piece I wrote. Let me read it to you and just think about it. I'll read it to you slowly. slowly. Knowing the what does not mean that you know the why. And if you do not know the why, then you may not know the when, or when a given rule applies in a given situation. We need to ask why more often. Optimization wisdom that is, best practices, kind of falls into two broad categories. Fundamental, like the one you hear me say constantly, clarity trumps persuasion. Or you must overcorrect uh, anxiety. Or, you know, other things we teach with the conversion analysis. But then it also is very situational. And you need to take the specific situation you're in and get deeper than a group of best practices and start to discover why people are behaving the way they are behaving. Now, I want to explain to you how you can do that, and so for the balance of the call, I'm going to get as actionable as I possibly can to, to, to assist you. And uh, so, so look at this, if you would. Number one, you need to refine your value proposition, and this is under a simple idea of optimize the product. Bear with me, because I'm going to just take you into three categories of changes that I would do. This is our group trying to help you think about 2009, and we always say optimize the product first, then the presentation, and then the channels. The product is your value proposition. It even includes your price. If you get that right, everything else is easier. But uh, once you've done that, the most important thing you can do is optimize the way you present the product. That's your web page, your emails, even your offline work. And the third thing, and the last thing you optimize is the channel. Paid search, organic. Some of us are letting organic search dictate the way we design pages, and we're building bad converting pages in order to get high search rankings. You better be careful with that. You're giving up something precious for something else important. And some of us are deeply focused on our paid search campaigns, but we don't really get that that's the last thing you fix. Because if I send 100 people from paid search to a page that gets only one of them to buy, I'm losing money if I can send the same 100 people to the same page with a few changes and get three to buy. So think first about your product next year. Get your value proposition right. If you don't know about that, Get our resources and study about value propositions and understand how to write one. Almost no one gets that part right. It answers a very important question. Why should I purchase from you rather than any one of your competitors? And we'll talk more about that in future weeks. Do a summary competitive analysis of your market. And there's more. Plan a growth strategy. Then move on to your presentation. I'm talking about your web pages. These are the things I would be doing next year in this difficult economy. There are seven steps here. I'm going to send you this in the mail. So I, I won't dwell on it too long. I'm going to skip ahead just a bit. And then you begin to work on your channels. Work in this order. Here are five more things I would do on my channels. And, uh, and 
and put it all together. Work, break it into these three categories. Get very specific next year about working on your product, your presentation, and your channels. Then prioritize in those categories and utilize that because here's the proven point, the thing I have seen over and over again. If your marketing budget currently produces a million dollars a year in revenue and you can optimize product presentation or channel and off the same marketing budget produce a $2 million jump in revenue, you have just moved the entire game at a new level because not only are you making more money, but your CPA, your customer acquisition is lower. You can pay more in the search engines. You can win in the bids. You can defeat your competition. You can make more generous offers. And as many of you know, when your marketing budget is cut, you can still produce results. Now, I tell you that, and, and, and I don't have on here something I, I, want, I wanted to give you. But stay with me now, because I just did this yesterday. And I'm, I'm well aware that I put myself in a position that's uncomfortable as an academic, but I, I am going to do it, because I think it's very good. Um, as, as I was reviewing this whole session and all of this, I said, but what can I give these people that will actually help them go away in a tough year and make a difference? And some of you know we had the Marketing Experiments Compendium, and uh, it was $249, I think, $49, and it's a big, hardback book, 247 pages, test. I, we sold out. We sold every copy. We have none left, but I asked them yesterday, and please bear with me. I, I don't mind doing a presentation or selling, but, uh, I mean, I just want you to know this is, this is genuine. This is what happened. I said to my team, but don't we have a PDF version? And they said, well, we can look for one. And so we went through sciences, pulled up a PDF, and built a digital version of this book. And you can get that book, the whole thing now, for like, for whatever it says here. How much is it, someone tell me? For $49, it looks like. Uh, and, and if you go to marketexperiments.com forward slash blueprint, you can get the book and use that to help further with your marketing. I have no more to say. I'm not going to press it, talk you into it. But I believe it's one of the most effective ways you can take what we've been talking about and apply it to your own situation. And so uh, let me encourage you to do that. And, uh, and then let me do one more thing. In my last five minutes, I want to I give you a chance to ask me some questions, especially because some of you are looking at some trick, difficult decisions for this year in your marketing. We have eight minutes left. And if you'll stick with me, I'll be as productive as possible in trying to answer as many questions as I can. All right, so um, why did you skip by page 30? <laughs> Let me see. I'll go back and see what page 30 is. It's a summary, uh, and we're going to give that to you in the printed edition of this, uh, you know, the briefing. I'm going to send you that, and I just thought it would be better to answer questions than to reread what I've, what I've already said to you. All right, so here's the question. Um, how long did the improvement of results take? Uh, I'm not sure which study you're talking about. Give me more uh, information, and I'll, and I'll try to help you. One says, how do you track all your test results, in a knowledge base or in your head? No, I use a test protocol. Let me give this to you. It's free. Go to our site, type in test protocol, and there will be tools there that we have that you can get. There will be something that teaches you about testing, and you can download a special spreadsheet we built for tracking all your tests and all your results. We'll give it to you. Um, someone said to me, um, why single factorial? Jeremy, good question. In other words, why do we do an A-B split test? Look, we, we've written training for multivariable. We do multivariable tests. I'm, we probably have them going on right now. But uh, multivariable testing has limitations. For one thing, it requires a tremendous amount of traffic. For another thing, I don't like the way it mixes and matches variables. Most of the time, I see it producing a final product that has a lower level of Conversion lift. Not always, but as a general rule. I think you should use it to refine what you do in single factorial. It's easier, it's faster, and with the variable clusters that we've developed, you can do it much quicker. We talk about variable clusters, uh, variable clusters on our website or in our certification classes. So, you know, uh, that's a short answer to a very important question. All right. Uh, listen, uh, because some of you might log out early, 
give us some feedback. Would you, would you take a few moments to tell us? I'm going to keep answering questions right up to the last minute. But tell us why we're doing that. Tell us if this was helpful today. Tell us if what we did will make a difference for you so that we can learn from your comments and make the next session better. Um, how big a sample do you use in these tests? The sample size depends on the difference in the results between your control and your treatments. There is a rule for that uh, mathematically, and, and that's what makes the, the difference for you. Uh, looks like that might be Jeremy. Um, good, good. Uh, let me see. Here's another question for you. Uh, can we have another hour? I can't. No, I don't have another hour today, but we'll be back in two weeks with more, and you can go to the website, and there's $10 million of the research there. Also, We'll send you a note about our research partnership. Sometimes we partner with the people that are on these calls, and we, we uh, help you run your test. So if you have interest in that, go to our website and find out about that um, uh, or, you know, send us an email. Uh, here's another thing. Here's another, let's get another question see if we can help you. What would you do first if you were looking at a web page? I mean, what's the first thing I would pay attention to when I look at a web page? I would try to answer three questions. I'd look at my web page right now, and I'd ask myself a question, and then I'd answer three questions. I'd ask this question of the web page I wanted to fix. What is the true objective of this page? What's it really here for? Is it to get a click here, or is it to sign up somebody there? But if you haven't asked that question, you can't even start to optimize. Then I would ask or try to discern if my page is answering three questions asked by every user who comes to your site. And that is, one, what can I do here? Believe it or not, it starts with where am I at. When they come out of the search, they're not sure if they're at the right place. You've got to orient them. And instinctive. They've got to feel like they're in the right place. You've got to connect it with continuity. Where am I at? Discussion. Second question is, what, what, what can I do here? Believe it or not, so many times we assume they just know that, and they stumble around trying to understand how to use the page. And three, why should I do it? That's your value prop. You've got to... You've got to start to answer all three of those in three seconds or you're going to lose people. All right. Uh, I am out of time, but I am grateful for your comments. I'm grateful for your trust. I would be very grateful if you will recommend us to other people. As you know, we don't charge for these, and uh, we put an enormous amount of work there into getting them ready, and that would be uh, lovely if you can do that. I hope you uh, get the compendium and use it and get improvements and that you email us and tell us so we can understand your stories and share. And uh, I thank you for being with us today. We'll be back after the holidays, and I want to wish you all uh, uh, Merry Christmas and, uh, and a Happy New Year. Thank you.